Welcome to the Retirement Pilot with Steve Hoover. Please discard unnecessary fees and expenses before going through security. Check your emergency fund at the gate and securely stow your well-conceived portfolio in the overhead bin. And when we reach cruising altitude, remember, you are now free to move about retirement. Hey everybody, welcome into the podcast this week. We appreciate your time here on The Retirement Pilot with Steve Hoover. What's going on, Steve? How are you? I'm doing great, Mark. How are you? Hanging in there, not doing too bad. Getting a little closer each day, hopefully, to more and more freedoms and more and more normalcy. We'll see, but who knows, right? That's going to be there. The rest of 2020 is going to stay strange, I think, no matter what we do. But we got a we got a good podcast this week. I want to talk about. Uh, we've been trying to stay away from the main topics that have been going around here the last couple of weeks, and we're going to try to continue with that theme with some financial strategies that just don't work. At the end of the day, a lot of these they stay out there. They're in the ether. We all have heard a lot of these things. I don't know why they continue to stay there. They do, but they typically just don't work. And timing the market is the first one. So we'll just get right into it because that's a huge thing that just is always out there. It seems like Steve, like it never goes away, even though just about everybody talks about how it is not an effective way to do things. It's not. Timing the market is, you can't time the market. I go by something called efficient markets. And basically that means all the new, the information is known now. So mm-hmm. the only way you're going to be able to time the market is if you somehow have inside information. <laughs> I mean, you got a crystal ball or you, that works. Or you guessed right. Yeah. You know, if somebody says back on February 20th that the stock market was going to go down 30% in less than a month, they didn't know any more than I knew or anybody else. They, right. they took a wild guess and it happened. So when somebody says they can time the market, they can't. I don't care who it is. I mean, it's just, there are so many different things that happen and timing the market is one of the fool's game in investing. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And it's, you know, and the saying with timing the market is, so you, even if we want to use the big downturn, you know, you've got to know when to get out and you've got to know when to get back in. You got to be right twice, all those kinds of things. And, right. And, um, you know, I don't know about you, Steve, but my, my wife says I'm never right, you know, let alone <laughs> once, let alone twice. And <laughs> uh, I'm with you on that one. Yeah, it is. I mean, you've got to be right twice. Uh, yeah. when you're trying to time the market. Did you get out at the right time? And then when you get back in, do you get back in at the right time? Like exactly. you said, yeah. so trying to be right twice is tough. So don't ever try to time the market. It's being time in the market is what it is. Yeah. It's not timing of the market. It's time in the market because time, just like in anything, time heals. And we know going forward, the market 10 years from now should be higher than where they are right now. Yeah. Just look back historically and you'll see. Right. Yeah. And right along in those lines, Steve, is another strategy that just doesn't work, and that's picking the right stocks. And we're probably going to see quite a bit of that right now as well, because a lot of stocks are on sale or as it dipped, they definitely were down from where they were. And you've got, you know, I hear all sorts of things. I do all sorts of shows across the the land here. And, you know, people will say, oh, well, you know, we should get into this sector right now just for fun and just to be silly. We'll say toilet paper, right? (laughs) You know, for weeks it was like, oh, we should buy toilet paper because those companies are going crazy. You know, and that's that's a rough game to go with, too. I guess maybe speculative if, if it's something you can afford to do, kind of like gambling, but not your retirement money, not your nest egg. No, and you said the right word. That's speculating. If you're trying to, to go out and pick specific stocks, specific anything, that's speculation. Mm-hmm. That's not investing. Investing is buying something and let, holding it for the long term. 
And if you buy good quality companies, you hold them over the, the long term, you reallocate when you have gains, sell off the gains, buy something that's low. Right. Over time, that's the success in, re- in investing. But if you want to speculate, yeah, that's stock picking. You're guessing which one you think is going to go up or going to go down. But I don't speculate. I invest for my clients, not speculate. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like uh, go back to the Bitcoin thing that was real popular, you know, a year or two ago, you know, it's like, oh, jump on Bitcoin. And it's like, again, if, you know, if it's something you want to do with some speculative money, fine. You know, that's, that might, might be one thing, but don't risk a whole bunch of stuff. To me, it, it's always the same as, you know, going to the craps table or, you know, playing, it playing roulette. So, yeah. Well, the stock market is the world's largest casino. <laughs> and it, it is. Yeah, I mean, it's the world's largest, largest casino, legal casino. Anybody can play it. And if you try to go in and buy individual securities that you're just, you're speculating on, you may hit one. You may, yeah. You do well. Yeah. And I'm not saying that that doesn't work, but for a long-term investor, it's buying good quality stocks, reinvesting the dividends, selling off when there's profit and rebalancing yeah. and letting it roll for the long term. Not well, saying that you don't readjust your portfolio at some right. point. You know, right. if, if you start to see a company like, just for example, GE, used to be the darling of, of portfolios. Well, they've hit on hard times. Well, then it makes sense to maybe divest of them. Yeah. Just because they're not profitable like they used to be. They cut their dividend almost to nothing. So in that case, go ahead and get rid of them. But you should have enough others in your portfolio that you don't have to go out and start guessing which one to put in. Right, right. Yeah. Well, we're talking about financial strategies that don't work, timing the market, picking stocks, definitely two big ones that always seem to pop up. And I've got a couple of other ones here that are, you know, I think a lot of us can relate to, and maybe you don't necessarily acknowledge it when you're, you, you don't kind of hear about it like you would timing the stock market. But my wife and I were having a conversation just a couple of weeks ago, Steve, I've got a bad back. I've had back surgery before. Now I'm 49. I'm not, I'm getting close to being a pre-retiree. But, you know, she's like, look, I can't pick you up off the floor when your back goes out now. How would I do it when we're 70, you know, or 75? And there's that kind of mindset that I think a lot of pre-retirees or retirees might have that we'll just take care of each other in retirement. We don't need to worry about long-term care or nursing home fees or whatever the case is. Or the kids might help. You know, the kids are going to take care of us. That's a heck of a burden to put on anybody. It is. And you need to have some type of plan to take care of that because, you know, and I, I have this conversation with people, you know, you're, you're looking at three to $400,000 of your money, Ooh. maybe having to be used for a nursing home yeah. or some type of assisted care. The other part is people say, well, my, my daughter will come in and do it. Okay. That happens up to a point. There may be a point when you need skilled care yeah, where true. your daughter's not a nurse or a doctor. They need skilled care and that costs. And so here's one of the things that I know that we talk about. And it is people are just tired of paying for something they may never use. Sure. You know, I mean, you may go through life and never use a long-term care policy or use one of the the riders on a life insurance policy or the annuity policy. Even your car insurance. Some, you may never have a car I mean, accident. Even your car insurance. You may never have right. a car accident. Yeah. Right. Or your homeowners. You know, your home may never burn down or, or whatever. Right. And I think people just get to a point of, and they do tell me, I really don't want to pay for something I may not ever use. And that's a fair, fair reason why not to do it. Yeah. But we have other alternatives out there that can help offset some of those costs that may come up just to let, you know, the numbers are, are there. 
People are living longer. Mm-hmm. Married couples, if they're 65, there's a 95% chance one of them's going to live into their 90s. That doesn't mean that they're going to be in great shape in their 90s, et cetera. So you need to plan for it. And if you don't want to pay an extra premium for it, there are alternatives out there that allow a little bit extra money to help offset some of those potential expenses. And if it doesn't happen, then you haven't paid anything extra for it. Right. But yeah. it's something that you need to need to consider because the odds and the numbers are there. Yeah. We are living longer. Doesn't mean we're living any better, but we're just not dying. Yeah. And I think we are living a little bit better, you know, in general, we're definitely seeing people, you know, leaning towards being more active and stuff, but yeah, we all can't be Betty White, right. And be 98 and still working right. <laughs> kind of thing. So yeah, you have to be careful and you have to have the conversation. I mean, you do have to, it's not fun, you know, no one wants to, but you do have to begin to start realizing that those things are going to potentially happen. What is it? One in three I think one in three people wind up needing some sort of long-term care. Yep. And that doesn't necessarily mean nursing home either. So that, that could be just a, a short in-home care. There's, I mean, there's a lot of facets to that. So again, just have the conversation as well, folks. So that's another, that's the third on our list of strategies that just don't work. And then the final one, Steve, is kind of tied right into it. And I fall victim to this as well is, you know, basing your longevity on your family history and granted hereditary the genes, all those things, they play a factor. Absolutely. All the males in my family die early. I've already had a quadruple heart bypass and I'm not even 50 yet. So I, you know, I do subscribe to the fact that I probably will not live into my seventies, but I'm not financially planning for that. I'm making sure that if I'm wrong and I hope that I am, that I'll be fine financially, you know, past that date. Yeah. And a lot of times what I'll tell people is, okay, let's plan for the worst, but hope for the best. Exactly. In the worst, you die early. Okay, fine. What you do in that case is you have life insurance, but you need to plan that if that doesn't happen, you know, people say, well, I, my money will last until I'm 85 mm-hmm. because my dad died at 60. My mom died at 75. I'm 65 now. I think I'll be dead before I'm 75, mm-hmm. 80. Okay. What if you're wrong? Right. And you spent all your money and you haven't saved for it and you haven't done anything and you're 84 and your birthday is in two months and you're down to your last 10 grand of savings. Then you might just die because you're going, oh my uh, God, I'm out stress, of money. Yeah. Let's plan that you're going to live a lot longer. And if you don't, we've got that plan too. One of the things that I find in, incredible is these younger people and younger meaning in their 30s, 40s that don't have any life insurance. I mean, it's, you know, we, we see these people, unfortunately, these parents in their mid forties pass away Mm -hmm. and they have to set up a GoFundMe page yeah because they can't, because the family doesn't have any money, can't pay rent, can't food, can't do whatever. And it's like, you could have purchased inexpensively some life insurance. I'm just amazed that how many people don't have life insurance that can take care of some of those basic needs. And not saying you have to have it when you're 75, but for, you know, but if you're, if you've had issues or you have family issue issues, you probably ought to look at getting some when you can get it when you're younger and you're healthy and you can buy it for a long period of time, just a term policy that throws in some cash if you drop dead, because it happens. It happens all the time. You know, you hear, we have a, somebody that is a friend of my, a friend of mine's friend. He was 40 41 and dropped dead of a heart attack. Yeah. Two young children. They had to move out of their house because they didn't have any money, no life insurance to pay 
the mortgage. So they had to yeah. sell the house and move out and move into um, their parent, her parents. And it's, again, it goes back to the budgeting, you know, budget out, you know, some money. Maybe you don't need Hulu and you don't need <laughs> Netflix all the time. Maybe you could just get prime video and take the money from something else and put that into a life insurance policy. Yeah. But again, kind of going back, I kind of went off, off a tangent there. But again, you, you've got to plan for these things. You live long enough, you better have your money planned out. I always plan out for people going to age 100. And that gives me a hedge oh. um, because most people aren't going to live to 100. But it allows us to go through these, these up and down markets that we've been in here lately. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I have a client. She's going to turn 100 this December. Oh, wow. That's amazing. That's awesome. And, and I will put her up against you and me, Mark. I, um, I bet. I mean, if she could see, she could outdo us. You know, her, <laughs> her sight and hearing's gone away, but everything else, she's right in there. She's, so, there. she's rolling, yeah. Um, yeah, and I mean, and her sister lived in 95. Oh, okay. And so she's in financially in great shape, but we plan for that longer term. So um, there you go. But yeah, just plan for it. Got, you know, hopefully it doesn't happen, but if it does, again, plan for that too. That's right. Well, folks, that's some financial strategies that just typically do not work. Timing the market, picking stocks, you know, avoiding long-term care conversations, uh, and just relying a little too much on, you know, family heredity. It's certainly a factor, but, you know, plan for longevity because it's uh, it's definitely something that is here and it's been, it's been here for a while and it's probably going to continue to stay. So with that, we're going to sign off this week on the podcast. And just like we did on the last podcast, we've got this book that we're going to give out as well from Nick Murray. And it's called What Again, Steve? Simple Wealth, Inevitable Wealth. And awesome. it's a great book. It's written for individual investors. It's not high tech or a lot of statistics or anything. It just gives some good common sense to investing. It also, one of the other things that it does is it does talk about what an advisor really can do for you. And it kind of goes back to what we're talking about here, timing the market, picking stocks and things like that. He goes in and talks about that, that isn't what an advisor's job really is. Gotcha. So it's really a good book. I'll send it to anybody, you know, for the first 10 that, that email me, that they want the book, I'll be happy to mail it to them. There's no cost or obligation, and I'll just sit, pop it in the mail and send it to them. All right, folks, we'll reach out to him. Go to the website, let him know, send him an email there. You can go to wealthpartnerskc.com. That is wealthpartnerskc.com, and uh, you can send an, uh, an email to Steve. You can also subscribe to the podcast from there. So a lot of great things you can do on the website. So stop by, check it out, wealthpartnerskc.com. Uh, for the first 10, get your copy of that book. And of course, if you do have questions or concerns before you take any action, always check with a qualified professional like Steve. Reach out to him at 913-685-3207 at Wealth Partners Corporation. Steve, my friend, thanks for your time. I hope you have a good week and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Mark. We'll catch you next time here, folks, on The Retirement Pilot with Steve Hoover. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.